0: Welcome, Book Nerd, to today's episode of the Gene Book Nerd Podcast. Today is an exciting episode, as we'll be speaking with Cass Anvar, who plays Alex Kamal on the hit sci-fi TV show, The Expanse. The TV show is based on The Expanse novels by James S.A. Corey. The series is set in a future where humanity has colonized the solar system and follows an unlikely band of anti-heroes as they unwittingly unravel and place themselves at the center of a conspiracy which threatens the solar system's fragile state of Cold War-like peace, the class balance, and the survival of humanity. Let's jump into it and find out more about the show and Cass Anvar's character in The Expanse. All right, book nerds, we are now talking with Cass Anvar from the show The Expanse. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing good. How you doing, brother?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Even better now that I'm getting to talk to you, an actor in one of my favorite sci-fi TV shows.
1: That's that's very nice of you. Thank you.
0: So, for those of uh, for those of you know those listening out there who maybe don't know about you or the show The Expanse, can you tell us a little about yourself and the TV show?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, my name is uh, Cass Amber. I play Alex Kamal on The Expanse, who's the, the pilot of the spaceship Rasenante. And, uh, I mean, The the Expanse is basically um, a show that takes place about 200 years in the future. Uh, it's a very gritty, hardcore, real science fiction show, ba- basically, that asks the question, what would happen if we actually colonized our solar system in a couple hundred years? um we've colonized the moon mars and the asteroid belt um and humanity has kind of evolved slightly differently in each of these different locations and they have become somewhat their own cultures and as colonies are wont to do start to resent the home from which they came Uh, so you have mars and the belters kind of in conflict with earth uh who is still trying to remain dominant and and Possessing these colonies for their resources, there's so much tension and friction in in the solar system that there's any little spark is going to set off an interstellar war. and add into this some mysterious alien technology that has been kind of discovered on some uh, little moon outside of Jupiter that all the cultures uh, all the people are trying to get a hold of because whoever gets power over this technology is going to be the dominant force in the solar system and that basically becomes one of the instigators of a system-wide war and then you have our group which is a group of basically the equivalent of oil rig workers where we're ice haul ice haulers we we cultivate ice and bring it and sell it for for money for water and we get caught up in the whole middle of this there's four of us um myself who plays alex our captain holden our engineer Naomi Nagata and our mechanic Amos Burton, and we're um, we get caught in the middle of this entire conspiracy to start a war, and uh, we're basically running for our lives for two seasons, trying to prove our innocence and uh, keep the universe from blowing itself up.
0: So no pressure, obviously. No pressure. In the show. <laughs> Well, again, I I love the show, and I I think I've seen i a, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I don't know if you are, but it's. Absolutely. I would I would I would assume you are. You know, since you're part of the show, and it's so amazing.
1: But, I was what long before. What? I said I was a sci-fi fan long before.
0: Ah, gotcha. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. I think the Expanse has one of my favorite openings of. Any TV show, I think it's just it feel because you feel so ice because uh not you know too many spoilers obviously, but you learn about you this mean pretty the, quickly.
1: You mean the opening, you mean the opening credits, or you mean an opening scene?
0: The opening scene. Oh, okay. Where you know you first, you first, you know, you feel alone because you're isolated with the this char- you know, that character at the very beginning, right. and the opening. You know, you- oh, I get you. Hmm.
1: The, the opening with Julie Mao.
0: Yes, yes. I think that opening is just so, like, it just, it pulls you in so much. You're like, wait, what just happened? Like, I'm confused, but I'm intrigued, and I, I got to know, like, it just wraps you in and pulls you in so much.
1: Nice. That's really cool. No one's ever actually said it that way before. That's a very cool observation.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that you know. That's that's how it came off to me. So it just it ca- it grabbed me so hard. I was like, well, oh, now I have to know what happens and how did she get there and what's what's going on. Exactly. So I want to know more about your character that you play, Alex, and how also you kind of got involved in the show. What was your thought when you first read the script and what was the audition like?
1: Um. <clears throat> When I, when I first read the script, it was kind of mind-blowing because, um, I, I mean, I actually got the sides, not the whole script, just, just pages of my scenes. And uh, the character description was, um, Alex Kamal is a Mars-born fighter pilot of East Indian-Pakistani descent with a Texas accent. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, all right, sign me up, I'm in. Because <laughs> that's not something you get to hear as an actor of color. You don't get to hear something like that every day and uh, then i got the script and i read the pilot and uh literally it was one of the best pilots i'd read in in a decade so i was very very happy so yeah as i said um the audition uh, process was a very kind of revelationary experience um in the sense that i was introduced to a character that was very unusual for someone Uh, an actor of color. It was really kind of a novel thing. And then when I read the script, it was was one of the best scripts I've read in a long, long time.
0: I think, I I definitely think that when it comes to, especially sci-fi shows, the ones that really seem to stand out are not just the ones that have, you know, cool special effects and action sequences, but the ones that really focus around a great story and great writing and great characters, which... The expanse definitely has yeah definitely
1: um the the character work on the show is kind of the priority it really does uh focus on story and character the special effects and the tech and all that is more just background
0: well i'm i'm really glad to hear you say that because you know i i hate when sci-fi shows just go try to just make it as look as flashy and special effects and you know explosions as possible and I'm like yeah but that's cool and all but I want to see about the characters I want to know the story Exactly. so I want to know your process about you know and the development of your character in itself and I know a lot of times that TV shows or movies will say here's your character here's their motivation you know all you know here's everything you need to know was that the case for your character Alex or was it more hey here's the overall and you can develop it how you think you know it should go.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, my my character out of all of them was the least developed out of the books that um, <clears throat> that the show is based on. Uh, these these really exquisite novels by James S. A. Corey. And uh, the other characters like Amos and Naomi and Holden, they all have extensive backgrounds and uh, basically origin stories and. and uh, histories uh some of them even have novellas that have been written kind of describing their histories and their backgrounds alex is one of the least developed he he appears in the books he doesn't have enough an, an, any novella to his name and there's no real description of his history at least i've read the first five six books and uh um, you know he has a family on mars you know he's like he was married and um that is probably a father, but you don't really know much about him, what his family was like, where he came from, and all of that. You just know him in the present and <clears throat> as he becomes a part of the Rossi crew. So I had a lot of leeway uh, to try and put myself into it. And uh, obviously, I collaborated with the creators and the novelists and the the showrunners. And together we kind of crafted uh, the Alex that that people are watching now but there was definitely a lot of um collaboration and and input on my part
0: nice i i'm i love hearing that because alex is one of my top characters because he i mean he he's flies the ship and every time you know you're on you're on screen everything you just look like you're having so much fun and (laughs) i (laughs) am and a lot of times when like you know they're they're on missions and stuff like you have like you're responsible for getting them to where they have to go and you know in a firefight like and if you know one wrong move and the whole thing is you right. know it's, it goes you know is gone like the ship would explode so, what so a pressure right? on this guy. yeah, exactly <laughs>
1: but, um, well, I, I mean, for example, one of my one of my favorite um kind of elements of the show um of the character that I was able to uh, contribute was um the the love that alex has for for ships um they gave me they gave me a couple of um lines in the first episode that they wrote for me um so yeah one of my one of my favorite parts that i was able to kind of work on is based on uh, a couple of stray lines that they gave me uh in the first episode that had alex just commenting on uh, on the night i don't know if you remember the night was the was the shuttle that they used to go and investigate the sos mm-hmm. and when he got in the ship he they wrote, wrote this one little line saying um how's my little rust bucket today and i just liked the way they had given him the personality that uh personifies and humanizes machinery. Uh, so they wrote this one line for me where he said, uh, how's my little rust bucket today? And I just liked the way he h- kind of humanized and personified the the machine and the ship. And I thought that was an interesting character choice that I wanted to kind of grab onto and and make a bit more of. Uh, I think they just did it kind of innocently and uh, to add a little bit of character to, to Alex. But I really enjoyed it as something that this guy is somebody who maybe doesn't relate to human beings as well as he does to machines, that he kind of um, connects more to a ship than he does to a friend. And uh, I suggested to my showrunner that uh, how about if we have Alex <clears throat> actually talk to the ship on a regular basis, that that it, it's kind of a, a thing that he does. That's how he connects with people. But that's how he connects emotionally. And uh, They were very skeptical and uh, it didn't receive a lot of support at the beginning, but I kind of fought for it. And uh, eventually they said, okay, we'll we'll try it. And then one day I get a script that has an entire scene written in it where um, Alex is, uh, I think it was a slingshot scene where he's talking to the ship, figuring out how to get down to Ganymede and save his team. And uh, it's a whole conversation he has with the ship. And uh, I was really overwhelmed because I wasn't expecting that much um, for for what I was talking about. So they really kind of listened and took what I said to heart and, and put it into the show.
0: Well, I'm really glad that they did. And I'm really glad to hear that you fought for that for your character and to develop your character so much. Because it really does come off on screen. and. Yeah. I I being being completely honest, if I had to be any of the characters in the TV show, I probably would want to be Alex. Just because there you go. I I love that he's the pilot, and I love his connection with the ships, and how like I said, how dependent everybody else is on him. But at the same time, how much he depends on everybody else, and how just it all works so well together.
1: Right. I hear
0: you. So being a space, you know, thriller. And I love seeing all the, you know, all the ship work and all the zero gravity. I always think that's a really cool thing to see on screen. Yeah. I'm curious to know, you know, how, how that's done. And, you know, I'm assuming it's with a uh, wireworks or, and green screen or, you know, what's said and what isn't in built set, and how that process works and what that's like.
1: Um, uh, it's a, it's a combination. Uh, whenever we're doing zero gravity stuff, it's a combination of green screen, practical um, effects, like um, stuff on wires, uh, CGI, and then good old fashioned acting. Nice. So, so, so you, I you mean, get a lot all- of zero. You get a lot of zero g acting from from all of us, and it's 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 not the easiest thing in the world to do.
0: Well, I was going to ask, like, was that something new for you? Had you done zero G or, you know, what was, what was it like, f- you know, from the first time you did it to now? Like, how has it changed?
1: Uh, um, we just get better at it. We've done more research. We've seen more videos. We have astronauts come in. We get movement coaches come in. And so we're just, we're we're more um, experts at it. So we we've just made our, our movement work is a lot more efficient. And it's also a lot simpler than we initially thought. Zero gravity, um, there are certain things that are very, very difficult that have to be done with wires and stuff, but a lot of it is actually a lot simpler than than we in visualize.
0: Did, it, <clears throat> did they, like, when the, they brought in astronauts, like, what would they discuss with you about that?
1: That um, when you're doing zero gravity, uh, it's not necessarily slow motion like you're 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 in completely normal speed uh you just don't have the weight of gravity pulling your arms down so when you're moving you're moving normally um it's just just when you come to rest your arms just float they don't sink down and um you can cross your arms you can put your hands in your pockets, you can hold on to a post and except for maybe your hair if it's long and it's kind of like floating away from your head if you're anchored you can't even tell you're in zero gravity so it actually helped us a lot because it, it wasn't as complicated as we expected
0: interesting i never i never would have thought about thought about it that way yeah because i mean a lot of tv shows and movies they always show the slow you know like i like like what you were saying whenever they're in zero g in space like people always seem to be moving so much slower so yeah
1: it's it's that's that's underwater that's not zero g that's the fallacy Ah. the myth myth is that they've turned they took underwater movement and put it into space and it's not accurate
0: good to know good to know i learned something new today
1: yeah there's a good show a good movie that does it well i think it's gravity um and um there's another one i think it. i think it was mars the tv show mars but there's a couple of movies that do a really good job of it and we do as well um that they really go whole hog realistic on it
0: awesome so season four of the expanse is premiering very soon on amazon yes. originally it was uh on sci-fi there were three seasons yes. but sci-fi cancelled it and amazon picked it up and is continuing with it yeah what was your reaction when you first learned that sci-fi was going to be dropping the show and then before amazon picked it up and you know i heard that uh you were kind of at the forefront of trying to get the show to be saved and amazon eventually did pick it up but what yeah. was all what, how did that happen
1: Um, I mean, we were all heartbroken. We were told that the show hadn't been picked up and that there was no way to get it picked up because of financial reasons. It just was not going to work. And uh, each of us handled it very differently. Some people kind of just shrugged their shoulders and said, well, you know, that's the that's the way the cookie crumbles. This is show business. And this kind of thing happens. Other people were very upset. Other people were like, "Okay, well, let's on to the next. Um, I had fallen in love with the show, like many of the other people on the show. And I don't fall in love with many things in my life. And when I do passionately kind of fall for something, it's very, very difficult for me to let it go. I'm not one of those people who can can just go, oh, well, who can just say, oh, well, on to the next. So uh, I had trouble letting it go. And my personality, when I I get into that headspace, I basically kind of laser beam focus on anything that can possibly help to – Reverse the decision. So I called Sci Fi. I asked them what was going on. I said, How come we got canceled? And they told me that, you know, it was a financial thing and we, we just couldn't justify the numbers for the amount of fans. And uh, there, I mean, it was a traditional cable station. So they relied on uh, advertising to pay for their shows. And that means they had rely on viewers seeing the commercials. And we weren't getting the live viewers to um, watch the commercials because the majority of our fans were binging the show after recording it. So those views weren't counting uh, towards our 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 value or our ratings. Even though we had a, a reasonable following, it wasn't happening live. And so I found out this little bit of information, and I said, is there anything that could happen that would uh, – get you to be able to renegotiate or open the open the conversation again he goes ah the only way would be a huge uptick in ratings and i said what does that mean he goes i don't know maybe double and so i went back to alcon and i asked them for some information and i found out that our actual viewership total was about double what the live views were and so I just got it in my crazy head and I went online and I went on all three platforms at the same time, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I talked to the fans and I said, hey, guys, I just found out some information. And if you really want to focus on getting our show saved, watch Expanse live. Watch it live. If we can get all the fans who watch it on recording to watch live, it's going to bump our ratings up really high and a miracle might happen. And the fans listened. And so simultaneously, they were raising money and they uh, raised like five grand to hire a banner to fly by airplane, a banner in front of Amazon's headquarters. And they ran the idea by me before they did it and asked me my opinion. So I said, hold off on that for a day. Let me get a press release out for that. And I told them instead of doing one four hour flight, do two two hour flights so that we can actually videotape it and photograph it and it gives you a better chance of getting it seen. And then they've raised more money, and they they took a model of the Rossi, and they put it on an or a suborbital balloon and sent it up into space wow. and took, took photographs of the Rossi in orbit around the Earth with the Earth below it. It was amazing. So <clears throat> all of this happened within 24 to 48 hours. I talked to the fans. They fundraised. They sent banners around. And the next day, they watched Expanse Live and uh, they created this whole movement with a hashtag watch Expanse Live. And uh, unbeknownst to anyone, what was going to happen, our ratings went up double digits on sci fi because we still had eight shows to go on our third season on sci fi. It got canceled after episode four, but we still had eight more to go. And so people were watching the show more and more and more because of the Save the Expanse campaign. And the fans, the screaming firehawks, they started a, a petition, which you know, I started pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, it got, I think by the end, it was 150,000 signatures. And somewhere within that little period of time from when the show got canceled until I went online and the banner flew, uh, I think it was like four or five days. Uh, all of a sudden, Amazon woke up and Interest became uh, apparent, and the the head office went silent, and all, there was all sorts of stuff going on in the background and uh, And it was because of this massive fan campaign that happened.
0: wow, it's it's really amazing what when fans unite what they can accomplish. Yeah, exactly what's what do you think what's one of your favorite memories now that it's your' you've got four seasons down? What's one of your favorite memories filming this show?
1: Um, the rehearsals are actually very memorable um, because we get together on the weekends as a group and we rehearse in private on our own time. Those have always been really, really enjoyable to me because it, it I'm from a theater background. I have I'm like a classically trained Shakespearean actor and I ran my own Shakespeare company for over a decade, and I have very fond memories of that theatrical process. And our rehearsal process is very similar to a repertory theater. We're really much more of a theater troupe than we are a television cast. And I love that. That appeals greatly to me. It's it's a very close, loving kind of creative environment. In terms of actually shooting the show, um, as a result of those rehearsal process, the Rossi crew scenes are always uh, full of chemistry. We always have a lot of fun with them and there's a lot of laughs and we get along so well that we, we really enjoy those scenes when we're on the Rossi and we're all together and we're fighting for our lives. Um, some of my favorite scenes, um, strangely enough, are when Alex is alone. Uh, like when he's sending an email to his wife to tell him that he's alive and that he's kind of figured out what's going on or when he's receiving the email back from his wife, where she's telling him, you know, she's had enough. And uh, a lot of the stuff that is the most kind of poignant and memorable and kind of viscerally rewarding for me has been the stuff where he's just alone. And that tells me a lot about the character. Like most of his stuff happens when he's alone. Most of his kind of emotional journey happens when he's on his own. So, um, and, um, so yeah the the solitary scenes are are some of the most poignant for him, and if I had to pick one group scene that was really exciting to shoot, it was probably in season one, episode four called c q b where the four of us had just started to get to know each other. The characters were just thrown into the the fire together we're We're prisoners on the Donager mm-hmm. and we're strapped into this little ten by ten room while we're under attack the The ship is under fire, and um we have our fifth cast member with us shed the mechanic uh, shed the medic and um it's one of the most crazy and most difficult scenes we've ever shot because it required wire work and cgi and zero g acting and there was a hole blown through the the ship and we lost all our oxygen and we're trying to repair the hole and we're dealing with a comrade who's been killed and it's like a wonderfully complicated dramatic scene that was a full day of shooting and that was that was that was a very rewarding scene to shoot
0: no i remember that scene very well and i think as you kind of said it was very emotional i think that scene really is where like all the characters really kind of start coming together and forming a relationship because i remember you taking uh you know the uh the knockout drug and saying like i want to you know i want to wake up right before yeah. you take it and like that yeah. you're tr- you're putting your whole your life and your trust in these people yeah. So before we go, I've got one last question for you. So yeah. after everything that happened between the show getting canceled and getting picked up by Amazon, and you said you know everything that the fans went through, what can they expect for season four?
1: Oh man, season four is a whole new, a whole new ride for you guys. Because <clears throat> I look at the season, uh, I, I look at the show kind of like a giant space opera and seasons 1, 2 and 3 for me are like the first movement of this opera they have their own flavor their own tone their own personality um and you kind of come to a resolution after season 3 with the gates opening up and revealing this whole new universe with all these habitable planets lying beyond these gates and so those first 3 seasons are movement 1 season 4 is the beginning of the second movement of our space opera it has a different flavor, a different tone, all the same players, all the same instruments, all the same characters that you know and love, but a brand new energy and approach. Because now we've gone from this myst- mystery, uh, alien technology coming into um, a power struggle with this vast sociopolitical kind of um, treachery and backstabbing and, and jostling for power. And now we go into much more of an exploration show. The show becomes a little more how we're used to science fiction shows where you're exploring new worlds. And so we have a new world at the beginning of the show called Illis. And there's already some um, people who have colonized it and there's some problems happening. And we're sent there to basically try and analyze and fix it and make sure everything works out okay. And unbeknownst to us, there are so many surprises waiting for us that, not even, not just the human surprises that are are waiting for us, which are plenty, but things we never even predicted. And so it's kind of got this Wild West kind of Western style to it where we're conquering hostile terrain. And even the, the filming of it is done in an anamorphic widescreen kind of format. So it really feels like a Western in space.
0: Nice. No, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We really, really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed learning more about the show and getting pleasure. to know more about you and your character, Alex, and kind of your take on everything.
1: Thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: Hope you all enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. If you haven't seen The Expanse yet, you can stream it on Amazon. It's a fantastic show that will keep you on the edge of your seat and keep you wanting more. That's all for now. So until the next time, we'll see you all later. Any last words for our listeners, Cass?
1: Hey, guys, this is Cass Anvar. I play Alex Kamal in the science fiction series The Expanse, and you guys are listening to GeneBookner.com.